Okay, good evening. We're live. And I'm here to answer questions about meditation and Buddhism. So welcome. Please type your questions in the live chat. If you're watching this after the video is already finished, then you don't have recourse to ask questions. But if you're here live, go ahead and... If you do have questions, please post them with uh, starting with an at, at yutadamobiku. It should auto-fill my name, I think. And then I'll see it clearly, see it easily. If there are no questions, then we can just sit here and quietly try to be mindful. So I don't think the COVID virus is... is sentient that's my opinion do you have any advice for entering the jhanas depends what you mean by jhanas there's a lot of different opinions on what that means but the 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 basic of the jhana is that it's free from the five hindrances so you have to work at freeing yourself from them. And there's two ways of doing that. You can um, try and find some way to calm your mind down and focus on a, an object that isn't going to arouse hindrances. Or you can try to understand the hindrances and overcome them by seeing them clearly. And there's two different jhanas. And that way there's... Um, Aramanupanijana, where you focus on a single object that takes you away from the hindrances, and Lakanupanijana, which focuses on the characteristics of things, all things that you experience, reality, which frees you from the hindrances. Because seeing the three characteristics, of course, makes it... Um, makes it impossible for the hindrances to arise. Times I get to a state of awareness, is this state simply what our Buddha nature is? I don't talk about Buddha nature. It's, um, it's a different... There's, a, there's another school that uses that term. You enter into... get to a state of awareness, well, good, good to be aware. I would say something, I would note something like knowing, knowing. If you haven't read my booklet, you might want to check that out. How can one teach this meditation to a quadriplegic person? Well, there's many things you can still be mindful of, feelings and movements. You can even be mindful of the blinking of your eyes. What can I do to cultivate a better motivation for meditation? Well, things like mindfulness of death are good for that. 
association with motivated people, be around motivated people. Look at what's not mo what's taking away your motivation, any emotions or laziness and that sort of thing. I get a lot of anxiety after meditation. Hmm. Well, you should be mindful on, of the anxiety. fastest way to let go of fear of death I don't know I mean well simply practice meditation if you practice mindfulness that's um, the way the reason I hesitate is just because I get a lot of questions like this really um, I'd recommend reading my booklet and starting to practice meditation Questions about how do I get rid of this? How do I free myself from that? I mean, that's what mindfulness is for. So the same, the answer is always going to be the same. How to best cope with so like this? How to best cope with depression, hopelessness, and suicidal thoughts? It's a great question. Um. But I only have one answer, and that's to practice meditation. One thing I was thinking about these sessions is that uh, we, I don't want it to appear that this is a this is a sufficient Buddhist practice to watch videos, to ask questions of people, and to think about the answers to questions and so on. If you're here and you're not. Um, you're not practicing meditation regularly. That's where you have to start. So the idea here is to support people who are doing regular meditation practice or who want to do regular meditation practice. I can I imagine for some people that's going to be quite daunting. But that's the bar. That's where it's set. If you want to free yourself from any of your problems, uh, and, and you're interested in my advice on how to do that, you you have to be it has to be based on a solid and regular practice of meditation which way can i cultivate effort so questions like this, this is a common sort of question. Uh, it's hard for me to meditate. How do I make it easier? Meditation is hard. And uh, this sort of sense of uh, dissatisfaction with your quality of practice or your amount of practice, well, that's because we're imperfect. And so you just have to work on being more perfect might take years, it might take lifetimes, but there's no quick fix. There's no pill that you can take that suddenly gives you effort. Effort is something you have to work at. Association with good people. The Buddha often would say things like association with good people because um, 
A lot of good qualities increase. Generally, good qualities increase when you're around good people or associate with them. I mean, even online, we have this luxury of being able to associate with good people. But ultimately, the, see, the, because the, the state of looking for an answer to how do I, how do I cultivate right effort, how do I cultivate effort? That state is kind of you're looking for a, a, a solution, you know, rather than than actually cultivating the effort. It's a bit different, and your mindset has to change to actually doing the work. Not that you're. I'm sure it sounds like you're doing work, but you have to look at look at that basic state. That 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 asks looks for an answer by asking this question, and change that to one that is effortful instead of uh, asking. Although I mean I'm not reprimand I'm not um, chastising you for asking the question. It's just trying to help find the answer. How would I know if I need to change the object of meditation during my meditation sessions? So in my tradition we use the rising and falling of the abdomen, not the chest. Um, but we use that as a base to sort of, as a filler, as a base. So when something else takes your attention, that's when you'd change your, your object. We have other exercises that we give meditators, but um, only only after they've undertaken to do a course. So if you're interested, you're welcome to sign up. We have an at-home meditation course where I could uh, go through some of the other exercises with you. Any attempt to do anything at all, including meditation, is impl to imply something needs to change, and thus would be classified as desire. No, we change things not just because we desire. We change them out of wisdom, um, and we do. I mean, we even practice meditation out of desire, out of fear, out of all sorts of unwholesome states. And we start because of that, but meditation teaches us a different way, and we still meditate. not answering a lot of questions. I guess I'd say that a lot of questions um, will subside if you begin to practice meditation. So if you're frustrated because I'm not answering your question, then I would say uh, try to 
find a practice of meditation that suits you and follow the advice of the, that person. If you're interested in my practice, my advice, then we have a booklet. You're welcome to check it out and you can do an at-home meditation course. And I imagine a lot of questions would just sort of disappear. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to stick to questions that are um, related to meditation practice, like our meditation practice. My mind still drift during meditation. I end up constantly dragging my mind back. Well, change the way you look at that. It doesn't have to be about drawing your mind back, dragging your mind back. If your mind drifts, try and be mindful of the drifting, mindful of the restlessness, the distraction, and so on. Look at wanting it to be more calm, wanting it to stop. Um, the sense that there's something wrong there is generally a good thing because you're you're seeing. That's the act of seeing how chaotic your mind is, how uncontrollable it is. And that seeing it is going to slowly um, relieve you of your craving, of your clinging, and so on. Is liking and disliking a hindrance to one's practice? Yes, both are. But you'll see that for yourself. I don't have to tell you that. Just try and note liking, liking and disliking, and you won't ever have to judge them. They'll just slowly go away because you'll see you'll you'll just see them clearly. It won't be an intellectual thing. During meditation, I feel like leaving my body. You should tell yourself to come back. That sort of experience is not not really where we're headed. This guy is a businessman. See, I should just ignore these comments, but I'm not a businessman. It may sound like it, because I, I get that, because I'm I'm trying to... Uh, get you all to do my to read my booklet and do my courses. It sounds just like anybody, but you know I can't read my I can't recite the booklet to everyone, and the booklet has a lot of answers to people's questions. It's free, so I'm not making money off of it. We're certainly not making any anything off of it. And then um, you know once you've read the booklet, you really want to go further. Well, you need guidance, and that has to be one on one. It can't be done here. So the next step is to do one of our courses, which sounds like I'm trying to make something off of it, but they're all free as well. So kind of streamlined, I guess. It sounds like business talk because it's streamlined rather than the impossible task of trying to teach you all meditation in this format. It just can't happen. Don't the three marks of existence deny the importance of morality? I mean, to some extent you rise above morality, but only by freeing yourself from the things that would cause you to be immoral in the first place. Greed, anger, delusion. Once you have none of those, then then yeah, you don't have to worry about morality because you just don't do it. But the, the point of morality is that if you're immoral, you got things all wrong. You've got greed, you've got anger, you've got delusion. So... Um, artificially forcing yourself not to do certain things is a good way to is a great way to curb an important way to curb greed anger and delusion
Because if you're immoral, if you're doing all these immoral acts, you're never going to free yourself from them. You're never going to see the three characteristics. Sometimes reality makes me fearful. Yeah, it's very scary. Just try and note the fear. Because the point is it's reality. And if you can acknowledge that, then that, that fear should not overpower you. Just try and be mindful of the fear. Western psychology and meditation Buddhist practice, should they go together? Um, I mean, limited Western psychology, maybe. It's a good way to... See, because a lot of Buddhism is... The, the teachings are not infinite, and they're very ancient. So sometimes they're a little bit... They don't resonate quite with us. So using Western psychological frameworks and language could be useful as long as you line it up with Buddhism. So a teacher who could use both of them would probably have a benefit in a Western context. How many hours do you recommend a day per day? If you're doing some every day, that's great. That's that's really the minimum. Just don't go a day without doing some, or try not to go days without doing some. For our meditation, for our our, our beginner course, the at-home course, we recommend one hour a day, or the minimum is one hour a day. So if you want to do more, that's great. Should I avoid eating in the evening? Yeah, I think so. Unless you're doing physical labor. But have some juice, have some, not much, but a little bit of fruit juice in the evening. And then just eat in the morning. What is the goal? What is the goal? I'm not so keen on such open-ended questions, but um, the goal is freedom from suffering. So it's not a bad question. The answer is pretty simple. Should I try to meditate again about an hour a day? That's good. But that's like half walking, half sitting. Uh, you can do some in the morning, some in the evening. And of course, if you do more, that's great. Two hours a day is really good practice. And of course, if you come and do intensive practice, you should be doing a lot more. How to create and establish an on-call? See, I don't have answers for this. You, it's up to you. That's your work. Whether you do it or not, I'm not. I can't guarantee you're going to do it. Some people will not do it. There's no. Uh, I can't explain it to you. It's not an explainable thing. You have to just. It's work. You have to work at it. Hi, Elaine. How do I move from intel an intellectual understanding of the Dharma? to a felt experience of it. Well, don't focus on the intellectual understanding. Don't try to understand things intellectually. Try to understand yourself, your experience. Try to observe your experience and see that clearly. And if that's your focus, if that's your inclination, then the, the result will be understanding things more clearly. Don't Don't try and... Think, okay, here's these texts. What way can I approach these texts in order to understand them internally? That's not how it works. The texts are not the source. The source is internally. You have to go inside. The text should be a guide to, or to whether you're doing the practice correctly. It's not the truth isn't in the texts. The texts are a guide to help you find the truth within yourself. That's a very important point. It's a good question. Do we need supplies? Um, 
I don't need supplies. Don't think. I think I need a new uh, a new coat tree from my robe. It broke. But these, the center might always need supplies, food, you know. If you want to give food to, we got three, there's two people upstairs. and I mean, we're, we're, we don't need, we're, we're very well supported. But if anyone wants to support, we're supported by people. So if anyone wants to support, they can send food and whatever. I, I finally installed, I shouldn't be talking about this, but I finally installed, someone was kind to send me a, a, a water gun. <laughs> Uh, one of those so we don't I don't need toilet paper anymore because I ha finally have one of the things that I missed most about Asia was this uh, this gun water gun that you don't need toilet paper better than toilet paper Are all attachments are all attachments ultimately attachments to thoughts and feelings? Thoughts you can be attached to, feelings you can be attached to, but no, you can be attached to everything, many anything you experience. Sights, well, you see something, you can be attached to seeing that. I want to see that again. Sounds, music, smells, tastes, feelings. How do you cultivate happiness if you let go of liking things? It's precisely because you let go of liking things that you cultivate happiness. You're more happy the less you let go. Wouldn't that make the experience itself devoid of any sentimental or subjective value? Yes, and that's why you'd be more happy. Can you talk more about becoming a monk? Okay. Who's made for it? Who's made for it? To some extent, people who have the necessary mundane good karma in their past. I mean, I've seen people try to become monks, and they're good people, good meditators. But they just don't have the connection with the monastic community that some other people do, who are maybe not such good meditators, um, but have a connection. And, and somehow that mundane good karma allows them to very easily become a monk and stay a monk, even though they might not be a very good monk. To some extent, unfortunately, that's the case. How would I decide if someone's made for a monk? It would just be, this person is already living a monastic life. Let's get them in some robes. At this point, that's not really fair, because honestly, monastic life is supposed to be the, the, the basis of meditation training. It's just that the modern world doesn't really allow for that so easily. It's too... Well, not the modern world. My situation doesn't allow for that. I don't have a, a situation where I could train monks properly and that sort of thing. I don't even know that I'd be that good at it. But but see, the point is, the, the other point is that people who want to become monks often for the wrong reasons. And that's a reason for avoiding talking about it or avoiding encouraging it. Because a lot of people will come to me looking to become a monk. In the past, it's happened, and I found, oh, they weren't really cut out for it because they weren't really interested in meditation.
what helps to lessen enchantments with samsara retracted? Are the mind and body just physical substance or of two separate and distinct substance? They're two things. Physical and mental are two things. They're two aspects of experience, if you want to put it that way. But they're different. Is there such a thing as gut feelings? Yeah, but our gut isn't always right. If you think with your gut, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be too confident of your potential to always get things right. So um, what is important is cultivating a good quality gut um, feeling which comes from mindfulness. It'll feel, if you're quite mindful, it'll feel like you're just going by a gut feeling, but you're going by your perspective, which having cleared, having having become pure, um, is often quite right. You should still be careful, because until you're in, unless, and even if you were, say, an arahant, someone who has no bad mind states, they can still get things wrong. So you should also have this sense of maybe we monks is a good word of the ability to step back and assess what you're doing. How do you know if you're a stream winner? Well, you don't a stream winner doesn't break any of the five precepts. They have perfect faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. That's how one would know. But it wouldn't just be cultivating those qualities and saying, okay, if I can get those, I'm a stream winner. It's actually a stream enter. It's really actually nothing like that. It's the, uh, the realization of Nibbana, the, the experience of Nibbana, even just for a moment, has the power to... to cleanse the mind in such a way. Any tips for staying mindful during times of isolation? I mean, isolation is a great opportunity to be mindful. Uh, have you read my booklet? <laughs> try, try the practices in there. Have you thought about doing an at-home meditation course, we have those as well. You can sign up for one. Because having a connection, see, the thing about the course is having a connection with someone to guide you, even if, whether you think they're a perfect teacher or not a perfect teacher, just having someone who is at least competent um, to to guide you is invaluable. I don't know this word invaluable. It's very valuable. Is that what it means? I don't know what invaluable means. I think it means what I want it to mean. It's very valuable. Invaluable. I guess you can't put a value on it. It's priceless, I guess is the point.
When I try to read stuff on Buddhism, they use weird words and I can't understand. Hmm. Could be. Could be. Could also be that you need to do more meditation to understand it. Buddhism is not easy to understand if you haven't done mindfulness practice. But you can read my booklet. There's not a lot of weird words in there. Does walking meditation provide different benefits than sitting meditation? Yes. Have you read my booklet? It talks about the five benefits. The Buddha, um, the Buddha taught five benefits to walking meditation. Four of them are physical, so it gives you the capacity to walk long distances, gives you patience in doing work, it gives you a better digestion, it helps free you from some sicknesses. Uh, but the fifth one is that the concentration that comes from walking meditation lasts. So uh, it carries on into the sitting meditation, which is why it's good to do walking, sitting, walking first, then sitting. Doing too much meditation would actually suck people into that little self-centered space. So if you're meditating properly, there's no negative consequences. The problem is meditating properly, like perfectly, is, is very difficult. So yes, you have to be careful in the beginning. And that's another reason why having guidance is useful, because it helps to push you back on the right track. So you wouldn't want to do a lot of meditation alone uh, if, as a beginner because uh, there's no telling what sort of meditation you'd cultivate based on your own understanding. And absolutely, it could suck you into any self-centered, any sort of bad state. But if you're mindful, if you're truly practicing correctly, absolutely, you can meditate and should be mindful constantly. If I don't have a zabutta, zabutta, I don't know what that is, but you don't need anything. You can just sit in a chair, lie down, sit on your bed, sit on the floor, sit on a cushion, whatever. Elaine, I found a really nice, well, it's a bit expensive though. I don't want to talk about it. Is there any story explained where a ruler is insane and people still love the ruler? <laughs> hmm. Is that somehow talking about one of the world leaders today? Rohit. So maybe you're talking about India's leader. I don't know. It's interesting how how we elect people, often elect people who are Harmful to others and often harmful to ourselves. There's a lot going on there. It's being quiet enough to meditate. I would read my booklet if you want to know what's enough to meditate. You know, according to me. Again, I'm not claiming to be the, the ultimate authority on these things. It's just you're asking me all my answers. Read my booklet. Is love not worth chasing after because everything is temporary or hoping for? 
Yes. When meditating, shall we get attached to our breath? You only get attached based on your your quality of mind. Attachment is based on a quality, a perspective. So if you have a proper perspective focusing on your on anything, including the breath, then of course you won't get attached. But you can get attached to anything, including your breath. But we say when meditating, well, if you're meditating properly, you can never get attached to anything. That's the whole point. I don't. I haven't read Eckhart Tolle's teachings. I sometimes get hysterical. Yeah, okay. That can certainly happen. So when you feel bad after, try to be mindful of that. You know, it's one thing you work around. You chip away at the edges. Before it happens, try and be mindful. And even if it does happen, even though you were mindful, don't be discouraged. It's a chipping away. You slowly change it. When you're hysterical, don't think, get overwhelmed, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm hysterical. I can't control myself. I'm panicking or whatever. Don't change that thought. Change that from, from, oh my God, I'm panicking, to panicking, panicking. Not trying to make it go away or fix it or change it. Just chipping away at your quality of mind, your perspective. In essence, don't, don't, don't fixate on fixing your problems. Focus on cultivating good qualities of mind that will fight against it. It's like you're building, it's like a virus. You build the antibodies up. And they fight. You don't go in and fight the virus. Build up the antibodies. What does meditation mean? Meditation means to cultivate certain qualities of mind. So it could mean anything. You could cultivate any kind of qualities of mind. It's about mental training. That's meditation. Um, if you read my booklet, you'll see what I mean by meditation. Why can't monks promote meditation from a purely materialistic point of view? Well, first of all, materialism is a theory and it's wrong because there also exists the mind. So from a point of view of purely scientific um, premises, yes, I think that's certainly possible. But rebirth is scientific and you're going to hate me for saying that, but I'll fight you on it. We are not our thoughts, feelings, senses, or desire. What are we then? I got this question, a few of these in this stream, and I don't think I'm going to answer them. Because um, again, I think that's the sort of question you should just let go of. It's not that I am unable to answer it or something, it's just that it's not about answering that question. It's about, it's about the wrong premises of it. There, Rather, you should say there exist thoughts, feelings, etc. And you should learn about them rather than trying to answer the question of who I am and we are and what is and so on. What style would you use to help alleviate personal collective karma? I wouldn't worry so much of alleviating personal and collective karma, but to some extent you should do good deeds because good deeds will counteract it. If you were mean to people, try and be kind to people. If you were cruel, try and be compassionate. 
if you were jealous or stingy, try to be generous and sharing and that sort of thing. If you were impatient and angry, you should try to be patient. My partner is okay with entertaining, watching violent movies. Should I leave her alone and just meditate? Yes. Shouldn't be too, too discouraged by that. If she likes killing and stealing and lying and cheating, you should find a new partner. There's, I think that's a line you should draw. Drugs and alcohol. But if it's just about watching violent movies, I wouldn't worry about that. They're just movies. It's uh, cathartic, I guess, in a sense. Do you recommend schedule meditation like routine? It can be very helpful, yes. Is burning karma, so you don't burn karma. Karma is things you've done in the past. Karma means action. It refers to things you've done. That will probably, and what we talk about are the important actions are the ones that will probably bring results. Now, the important goal is, is to f stop being worried about the results and start trying to see things clearly. What is Buddhism's view on free will? I don't think we really have one. I think I would just stop thinking about such things. Within the UK, there's this place called Sati Saraniya that I, would, I think I've heard good things about. It's in our tradition, so I can recommend it. Is meditation appropriate for the most mentally fragile of people? Precautions? Precautions, it should be with a teacher. The biggest problem with those sorts of people are that they're taking antidepressants, anti-anxieties, taking antipsychotics and that sort of thing. They're taking medication that makes it very difficult to um, actually approach and come to face the problems, face the situation, face the emotions. So I have a hard time with such people for that reason, not because of their condition, but because of the medication they're on just doesn't seem to allow for honest um, observation of the problem. And that's out of experience. I've tried before. These questions about mind, body, and the self are really the questions that you do away with at the very beginning of mindfulness practice. So that's the first step. So I'm not going to answer. 
because you see what's there and I'm not that's I'm not that's not a it sounds kind of not so nice but um it's because once you see what's there you don't have questions about what's there and what their what their qualities are like it actually is the first thing you see it's called nama rupa prachedanyana it's the first stage of knowledge i'm not making that up Do I have to have faith in karma? No, you don't have to have faith in karma. You have to understand karma, because if you don't understand karma, you'll have no sense of right or wrong and good and bad and cause and effect. My partner is often fearful of me finding my spirituality, puts down what he can't not understand. Should probably find another partner, honestly. Sorry, that's not the answer people want to hear, but see, partnerships, friendships, they're so weird. Well, partnerships less so, but friendships, think of friendships. We make friendships for the weirdest reasons. I grew up with this person. That's not a reason to have someone as your friend. I mean, it seems like it. It's this, and it's even, it's like, it's even worse. So you have relationships, you have friendships. The worst are relatives. The people we're related to by blood, for some reason, we have to always be on their side, right? I mean, we don't, but but to some extent, we accept things about them. We associate with them. And it's really weird, because what if they are completely on the wrong path and completely against what we stand for, what, what what's important to us, what we see as, like if they're killing and stealing and lying and cheating, I wouldn't hang out with such people there's same with friends with with um so why i say that with with romantic partnership and that sort of thing uh, it's different because there's a very good reason a very not a very specific reason why you're with them and it's because of your attraction to them so for the, in that the answer is a little bit different that you have to be able to separate the two you know the, the the goodness of being with a person versus your desire to be with them, and they're very different things. You can desire to be with someone who is really crappy, crappy towards you, and just crappy towards themselves, crappy in general. And I'm, I would I would think it's important to put the one over the other, where you you um, look at the benefits of being with someone. You know the the, the benefits of associating with a someone as being more important than your desire to be with them. Because it is more important. You can desire, you can, and this is an important fact, you can desire to be with someone who you shouldn't be with. I mean, more deeply, of course, desire is something we ultimately let go. And if you let go of it completely, or the more you let go of it, the better you'll be able to see that and, and focus more on being around people who are Good for you, good for themselves, leads to good results. The register for a private class on your website, can we discuss Buddhist philosophy? No, we cannot. How do you answer someone who says we are nothing but a brain? Mm, difficult. But I mean, the answer is that the brain doesn't exist. You try and explain them that they their perspective is one way of looking at things, 
but in order to have that perspective they have to use uh, experience they have to use their 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 consciousness to actually have that perspective and so the, ba the basis of that perspective is a different perspective a different uh, it, it, well, the basis of their perspective their ability to have that perspective relies on a totally different framework of reality and so we take the perspective that experience is the basis of reality. And if you take that perspective, you're able to see how these things arise, how the brain arises, because the brain arises based on our um, conception of it, of, of something physical. But, but it requires that, that perception. Everything requires seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking. And so it, it's a different and even more valid perspective of reality and that's has the base perception being the basis of it the problem that material scientists have with this is that they say it's unreliable but they're conflating two different things my understanding of reality based on my perception may be completely flawed completely biased and completely unreliable but it doesn't change the absolute certain fact that my perception is still the basis of reality my perception is is the basis of existence. So you say, you see something and you know you see the sun rising and you think, oh, the sun is rising. But that's not reality. The reality is that the earth is spinning and, and, and the sun and it's rotating around the sun and so on. Basically, that's reality. Or, or, or even deeper than that. You know, you find some physical reality. But... Deeper than even any of that is that seeing, seeing the sun. So the seeing is the basis of reality. So Buddhism avoids this pitfall of, of um, the unreliability of perception, because it goes deeper than that. It tries to understand the basis of perception of, of experience and perception. And so it it's more reliable than talking about things like the brain. It's more basic than that. How do we differentiate between an insight gained from meditation versus a belief opinion? So insight is the wrong word. I'm going to try to shy away from using that word entirely. I'm trying to not use it because the word we should be using is seeing clearly. Vipassana means to see clearly, not to gain insight. So seeing clearly is just a pers just a way of looking, a perspective. Uh, it's about seeing things just as they are. And so it's very different from beliefs and opinions. It's a different sort of thing entirely. I wish to have a positive influence on people. Hmm. Well, I would let go of that, I think. I would try to just be mindful. Anyone else other than the Buddha reached enlightenment? Yes. Yes. Your opinion? No, I don't want to say. I don't want to answer. I think. Mm, okay, I'm going to make an exception. Is it wise to dedicate to Goenka as a teacher, rooting one's meditation around his centers? I think it would be a wholesome thing to do. I, I prefer our tradition, but um, I, I, I think 
there is benefit that comes from the Goenka tradition. A lot of it is very similar in theory to what we do. I like ours, we do walking meditation, and ours they don't. Um, and I, the noting to me, the, the mantra to me, is a very powerful meditation tool that they discourage you to use, apparently. Do I have a connection to the Thai Forest Monastery? So there's a group in Thailand that calls them Sai Wat Pa, which means the the lineage or the the the, the line um, of the forest monasteries, forest mo forest monastery ones, because they they this Ajahn Man and his friends, his his fellows went around every monastery they created they called it Wat Ba this Wat Ba that forest monastery this forest monastery that but I'm answering it this way because this isn't a question I would normally answer but it comes up a lot there are many Thai forest monks and many forest traditions in Thailand but the one that you are referring to I'm not associated with that group Or those monks, except for the fact that we're we're all Thai monks, we're all uh, Theravada monks. Still, so many questions. This is it's quite great, though. A lot of a lot of the questions I have to say are a little bit speculative and so on is fine. I mean, this is, I, I don't expect people to understand exactly what I'm looking for in a question. So please don't be upset that I'm not answering all the questions. Hopefully you'll, you'll get a sense over time of what we're all about, and that I'm not just going to answer any question. I apologize for that, but I think I'm not going to answer. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to just answer every question. You see, I'm, I'm it's a lot. No? Just answering the ones I'm answering. And it's not because you're, it doesn't make you bad because I didn't answer your question or you, you, you're wrong or feel bad about it. Please don't. If anything, you should understand that it's a sign that we, we need to spend some more time learning about what sorts of things I teach and what our tradition is all about. What I need is an assistant copying out questions and posting them for me so I don't have... Because scrolling like this, it's not... It keeps um, skipping. Oh, well. No complaints. It's working. I have severe, severe pain every day due to a disease. I just want something to bear with the pain. Some kind of medication. Meditation or special breathing technique. So... Wanting the misery gone is a big part of your problem. I'm not sure if that's something comfortable for you to hear, but your suffering is going to be directly proportionate to your inability to face and confront and experience the pain mindfully. So that's where your approach should be. I know it's not easy, but it is quite powerful. 
if you're able to focus on the pain and say to yourself something like pain, pain, not to make it go away, to, to see it in a new way, to see it just as pain. And look at the wanting and the disliking and note those as well. If you dislike the pain, if you want it to go away, wish you could be free from it. That's the only way. It's the, the, the best and the most real way to be free from suffering. Definitely, if you're interested, um, read my booklet, uh, sign up for an at-home course. I'd really be happy to help you with that. What is your advice on meditation to those who's taking antipsychotic or antidepressants if they wish to practice? I can't give you the advice I want to give because I'd get in trouble legally. I don't know if I can even say that or if I've now gotten myself in trouble. I guess I would work with your physician to come to a place where you are yes yeah i think i'm safe saying it like this work with your physician to come to a place where you agree together to free to to take yourself off the medication if that's not possible i'm afraid i can't really help i think the best i could do is you could still do an at home meditation course um and Hope to slowly gain some benefit while still taking the medication. I have some people who have gained some benefit while taking the medication, doing the at-home course. They're doing the intensive course is a different, a whole different thing. The meat that was sacrificed for God by your family, the meat that we shouldn't consume. If someone killed for you, that's the meat you shouldn't consume. That's the line that we draw. It's a line in the sand, and it's much better, of course, if you just don't eat meat at all. But it's, it's not that big of a deal, and you're much, you know, if you if you if you draw a line by, you killed it for me. I'm not going to eat it. That's good enough. Meditation with breath focus is difficult for me. You, you might, I'd encourage you to read my booklet on how to meditate. It's different. When you're thinking, you would know thinking, thinking, distracted, distracted. And so it wouldn't be a distraction. It would be a part of your meditation. trying to catch up so many questions it's like the more i do this the more questions come I'm not complaining so these four meditations buddha metta 
Marana Asuba. I did write a, make a video about them, so I'd recommend watching that video. The I think they're called the supportive meditations or the protective meditations or other meditations, I think it's called. Just look it up on my my channel. All right, look, if anyone gets if anyone sets themselves up as a teacher here to answer people's questions, I'm going to kick them out. That's not what this is about. It's not that I'm selfish or or anything. It's just I can't guarantee that your answers are going to be right and proper. And I don't want to cloud this with other people trying to be teachers. Sorry. meditation make you fearful how important is sutta study as it relates to meditation it's not that important but if you're doing good meditation then then let's put it this way if you're doing good meditation solid daily regular meditation then i would say it's important i wouldn't say it's very important i would say it's important i think that's that's a, the level i'd put it at Say it is important. Do sotapanas know they're sotapanas? Not necessarily. It's just a word. They know something happened, something changed. And they get a sense of what it means, how pure it is, and so on, how peaceful it is. I made a video on what sparked me to pursue monkhood. You can look that up, why I became a Buddhist monk or how I became a Buddhist monk or something like that. We followed the work of Buddha Dasa. I'm suspicious of Buddha Dasa. Um, some of the things he said don't seem quite right to me, and I've heard other people say that sort of thing as well. So, I mean, he's, he's written a lot, but... Not my cup of tea. So uh, entering some sort of autonomous sensory meridian, whatever, 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 response to sounds, whatever it is, it's an experience. I'd recommend reading my booklet and try to be mindful of it. It's not about accepting things, it's about understanding them. How do I let go of my ego? Your ego doesn't exist, so don't try and let go of it. Just try and see things clearly and there'll be less what we call ego. Just try and be more mindful. What is vipassana? Vipassana is seeing clearly.
I need to know how to react when people bring meat as dana. Are we supposed to be happy or? It's just, it's just meat. And the thing about meat is it's dead already. The animals that died don't care about it. They're not going to suffer because you take it. Beings die all the time. That's not our concern. We are not trying to stop beings from dying. We're trying to stop uh, our minds from cultivating unwholesomeness. Trying to stop cultivating unwholesomeness. So that's why killing is wrong. Not because the animal dies or the being dies, but because it's very perverse to do. So you eat the meat because it's a dead thing. Don't eat living meat. Don't eat live worms or something. Live grub. And don't kill it, and don't tell anyone to kill it, and if anyone kills it for you, don't eat it. That's about it. I still have a name. My name is Noah. I still use it sometimes, because names are just names. People are sometimes shocked at that. They think, I want to call you by your monk name. There's no such thing, really. In the Buddha's time, many, many, many of the Buddhist followers never changed their names. The name they were born with is the name they had throughout their life. Or throughout their ordination, I mean. Some few monks did change their names. But often the change would just be son of whoever. Like Sariputta just means son of Sari. Sari was his mother. What was Sariputta's name? His, his real name was Upatisabhu, but, but Sariputta is not some special name. It just means son of Sari. Why did he give it? Okay, so getting rid of your name can be useful because it takes away ego. So calling yourself son of whoever means, you know, like you're a no one. You're just a, you're just, what is the word? You're an extra. You're like a, an extra on a movie set. So it helps get rid of ego. It's useful. That's the problem is we get these ostentatious names like Yutta Dhammu. It's an ostentatious name. And it's problematic because you get a real ego. <laughs> Names are such a problem. You get the wrong name and people are just dis- like, I don't I, I wanted a better name than that. The name becomes ego. The Buddha's teaching is meditation. So that's why he encouraged meditation. Fear of death. Well, it's just fear. I would try and note it as afraid, afraid, and try and try and be be thoughtful about death. If you think about death a lot, it becomes less fearsome. <laughs> if you think that sounds bad, if you're mindfully thinking, if you're mindful of death, thinking about it mindfully, not obsessing over it or worrying about it all the time. I like listening to nature sounds. So the liking is the problem. Meditation, mindfulness is about freeing yourself from things like liking. So it's not going to be meditation like ours. How to react to people being negative towards you because they think you are negative but you're not. Try not to react to people. Try and just be mindful. 
So if you find yourself reacting, try and note the reactions and that sort of thing. A lot of people are asking about fasting. It's quite a surprise. I don't, I don't normally get this or I don't notice getting them so often. We don't fast. Seeing clearly reality, seeing reality clearly, seeing clearly that reality is impermanent, suffering and non-self, that there's things are not satisfying, not controllable and not stable, not worth clinging to. Why can devas not get to Nibbana? Devas can get to Nibbana, that's, that's possible. Is the Eightfold Path hard to follow? Yes. My family bought me a pet that requires me to feed it live insects. I don't agree with it as I am practicing Buddhism what to do. Hmm. I don't accept such gifts. Sorry. There's not much I can say. Does meditation lead to muscle atrophy? Probably. Oh, it's over an hour, and I'm almost caught up, so I'm going to end. Let's see here, I'm going to answer these last couple, I think, maybe. And that's it. answering any more questions. That's all for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. I wish you all the best.